this is where um, everything that we've just learned for the next last two days really is implemented. And tomorrow is going to be completely different energy because it's energetics and it's fun and it's creation. It's this. But I really want us to integrate and actually make practical what we've just done for the last two days. And so I want us to take shadow work and I want us to take the drama triangle and I want us to take everything that we did yesterday and I actually want us to apply it, right? So let's start with what is a difficult conversation, right? Can you type that in the chat? What is a difficult conversation for you? When you think of a difficult conversation, what does that mean? What would be a difficult conversation for you? So we've got here, both parties are not listening to each other. Okay. But what would be, so yes, that would be a difficult conversation because it's not happening. Okay. Yeah. This is what I mean. Like situations that would be challenging for you to have a conversation. So we've got salary, discussing salary. Okay. Interesting. What else? Receiving feedback, maybe giving feedback, telling the truth, even though it might hurt someone's feelings. What are difficult conversations in business, in work? Constructive feedback to a team member? Letting a team member go? Yes. Okay. So Natalie, this is brilliant. This is exact same thing. This is the exact things that I wanted to, to be touching on. A difficult conversation for me is talking about my boundaries with others, even though they might take it personally. Yeah. Boundaries, needs, saying no. Who struggles saying no? Right? Who struggles saying no? Who struggles saying no? <laughs> so I'm just like, sometimes Natalie's like, me, I've got better over the years. Yeah, it's been, a, it's been a real one for me as well. Which can you imagine running a business and struggling to say no and having loads of clients? That's the whole thing that I've had to work on because you can imagine the consequence of that. Natalie is saying getting better day by day. So I want us to go through some difficult circumstances. And these are really conversations that we have in the mastermind or in the certification program, you know? In the certification program, we do a large section on like challenging client situations. Because we can prepare someone for the best ever client situations, but the second something happens, you're gonna feel completely ill-equipped. Ill it's the same in business and it's the same in healing. It's the same in relationships, right? If we can't set boundaries in our romantic relationships or say no, we're going to be doing all of these things for our, our partners and then we're going to feel resentful and we're going to blame them. It's not conducive to the type of love that we want to be living. So we're going to go through situations. I've got a list of situations here. And what I want you guys, whether you've got a business or if you haven't got a business, this is obviously like more driven towards someone that has a business, but it doesn't matter because we're doing practice things. I want you to really think about, right, if you were in this situation, what's actually happening? We've just done shadow. We've just done the drama triangle. We've done what we did yesterday and stories and facts and all of this. So I'm going to give you an example. And then I want you to tell me in the chat what's happening beneath the surface. Because this is what we need to get really good at tracking, right? There's this thing playing out in my life. It looks like this and what is happening beneath the surface. So I want you guys to imagine that you have a service-based business and someone is five to six months in your course and they ask for a refund or to break contract because they no longer resonate with your vibe 
or because they're integrating or because they're no longer in alignment or any of these things that people say when there is not actually a solid reason. It's like easy to use spiritual yogurt, isn't it? What do you think is actually happening beneath the surface and what would you do? I would like to see answers. And we'll do a few of these and you guys can go through all of these and you can share them in the Facebook group. And we can talk about them in the Facebook group and we can talk about them on the bonus session. What's happening beneath the surface and what would you do? Which out of all of the teachings that I've done with you guys do you think is being tapped into this one? Okay, interesting, interesting. I'm gonna wait till everyone that's interacting gives an answer. I'm curious. Mm Mm-hmm. What else? What is happening? Mm -hmm. Amazing. So what I want you guys to see is that I've given you one situation and I have three different responses and I'm going to read them out and they're all correct, okay? So Natalie is saying... They're starting to feel uncomfortable with the work and they no longer want to continue taking consistent action. So they figure the easiest thing to do is break the contract and continue being doing who they've always known how to be. Sandra's got, they're in the victim mode and then Jennifer's got, they're not content with the program and I would ask for feedback. All of these things are correct. All of these things are correct. Okay, what is clear in this situation when someone says they're no longer resonating with the vibe, that's not the full truth. And so as service providers, we have to be comfortable enough having conversations to actually see what is really happening. Because from that, we don't know. It could be that what you've delivered, right, hasn't been satisfactory to them. And it could actually be a problem with the delivery. It actually could be something that is in our line of responsibility. And so asking for feedback is really useful. But as we get feedback, this is the thing that I want you guys to really get. And this is what's really important. As we get feedback, you need to listen for what is fact and what is story. And so through listening to fact and story, because maybe they might say things to you like, "Um, this was the deliverable and this is what I got. That's a fact, right? Or they might say, oh, you're too happy and you just don't get my pain and you don't get my problems. That tells me that they're in victim. Right? Or I might see that the program is meaning that they have to change and they're too scared to change and they feel uncomfortable doing the work. The work has got too intimate. The work has got too deep right? So the easiest thing to do is to blame the contract, to blame the program and to step away. But we don't know that if we don't have the conversation. And we don't know that if we're not open to feedback. Because if we don't have the conversation, what are we actually in? Assumption. So what's the first thing about having difficult conversations? You've got to be willing to have difficult conversations. You've got to be willing to feel uncomfortable. 
I don't think anyone feels comfortable in these kind of conversations. But what I know, if someone says it no longer resonates with my vibe, that doesn't mean anything. It literally doesn't mean anything. It means there is something that's happened that's peed me off that I don't want to tell you about it. Or I'm looking for an excuse. But what I actually want you to guys to detect, because I want you to track the teachings, okay? Five to six months. What's happening in relationship stage one, um, the relationship stage teaching at five to six months? What's happening? What's happening at five to six months? What's happening at five to six months? Can anyone remember? Yes, power struggle. It's really interesting, the timeline, the beginning of integration, uh, it might be that we're getting deeper, but what's really interesting with when people ask for refunds, when people suddenly don't like something, it's like we've found, and I see this in romantic relationships and I see this in business, that when people first join something, they're in that honeymoon phase with it. It's like, this is the new thing. And if then they're victim, it's like, this is the new thing that's going to save me. This is the new, this is, this is the one, this is the partner that I'm going to fall in love with. This is the person, this is my person. Now, when we get into five, six months, eight months, nine months, 10 months, it's where people's stuff around commitment really starts to come up. We're no longer in, oh my God, this person is extraordinary. I'm so grateful I found them. We're now starting to see their humanity. We're starting to see that they're not as perfect as we thought they were. And if we pedestaled them and we joined a group or a container because we pedestaled them, now's where we start judging them. And our unconscious patterns of criticism, of projection, of all of these things start coming up. So it's really interesting to notice within ourselves or if we're service providers what starts happening around that five, six months. And it's the same thing, you know, we've got a year contract in the school of IH. And this is a thing because commitment is a thing for people. It is a thing to stay committed for a year. I mean, we have people for a lot longer than a year. I mean, Natalie, you're longer than a year now. And we've got people that stay for a really long time with us, which is amazing. I love that. It's like my favorite thing because for me, business is about like relationships it's like I think Natalie said I'll be with you for life <laughs> have you seen Natalie no I'll be seeing Jessica in I saw Jessica and Natalie and I'd be for last year and I'll be seeing Jessica and I'd be for this year right and so and maybe Natalie because I feel like she's going to join the cert some stage we'll see um in her own timing commitment brings up stuff for us because we have to fall out of that shiny magpie phase. Natalie says she makes a year, March 30th, there you go. And then it's kind of this power struggle phase and this happens in all things. This might happen in your team. You get this new team member, you're like, this person is the shit. And then all the stuff comes up. From conscious to unconscious, that's the dynamic. So if someone is coming to me with, I want to leave at five to six months or seven months or eight months, I'd be curious to mm, what's actually happening for them. Obviously, if I knew that I had been out of integrity, then I would say that. <laughs> but if not, 
I would really have a conversation and I would see it as something really as a brilliant opportunity. Now, here's the thing. If we develop just a thick skin and close our heart, we're not going to be open to these conversations around feedback. Feedback is one of the things that I see find, people find hardest. I used to find it really hard. I'm pretty chill with it now. It sometimes still is difficult because I'm a human being. But so much healing can come from feedback. The thing is, as the receiver of a feedback, we can't go into people please trauma response of like, yes, 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 you're right about everything. It's open heart, but there's a thick skin. And what's the thick skin doing? It's a filter that you have where you go, is this true or is this a story? 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 Because you might get underneath that and they say, I don't resonate with your vibe. And then afterwards they say um, a whole host of things. And then you're like, wait a minute, that's not true. And we have to be able to have that filter, especially if the, the business that you want to build or the impact that you want to create means making you visible on an absolutely global level. There are going to be having people having a lot of opinions. And if you have no filter, you have no thick skin, right? You have no detector of is this true or is this story? then you're just constantly going to have to be like, maybe I should change, maybe I should change, maybe I should change, maybe it's me, maybe it's not change. You're going to go crazy, right? Now, here's the thing is if you're a service provider, and this is the bit that you guys are going to be surprised about, and this is my policy, it's that like, you know, very often on social media, we see people like getting cross of like, oh, their payment didn't go through, or this person asked for a refund, like I would never do that, I'm committed. Yes. And like that doesn't service. It's like open heart. Do you know what I mean? It's open heart. It's not just thick skin. It's like, can I sit down and can I not judge this person? Because you're not a safe space if you're judging this person. It's like open heart. It's like, can I bring my open heart to uncomfortable conversations and have a filter and have a thick skin? And I want you guys to be thinking with me saying this forever and always open heart, thick skin, open heart, thick skin. right? Next one. You notice that you're really triggered by a client and that when you speak to them, you have an intense emotional response. If you want to work in the coaching industry, or if you want to have a team, or if you want to be visible, right? You need to clean up your triggers around your clients because that's unsafe and unfair for them. It just is. That's the standard that you have to hold for yourself. You have to love your clients and hold them to their greatness always. Your clients might come to you. Oh God, I'm giving you the answer. I'll tell you in a second. You're triggered by your client. And when you speak to them, you have an intense emotional response. What's happening beneath the surface and what would you do? I hope you guys get the groundbreaking importantness of this work. <laughs> this is everything. Because business is relationships. And guys, I'm bringing up legit things. These aren't wild issues. These are things that happen. And if you've not faced them yet, you will. You're really triggered by a client. And when you speak to them, you notice you have an intense emotional response. What's happening beneath the surface and what would you do?
And if you don't know, you can also put don't know. Okay, amazing. So Sandra says the trigger is the shadow that you have to work on on yourself. Yes. Okay, exactly that. What this is telling you is that there's a shadow. Jennifer says I'm feeling powerless. And I'll ask myself if my reaction is worth uh, risking to lose the client. Yeah, so I'll come back to Jennifer's in a second. But let's speak about this shadow piece, because I want you guys to see. It's like, if I'm really triggered by a client, it's not about them. It's about me. And this will happen. We do get triggered by people. Right? It's like we do get triggered by people. So if I'm triggered by a client, I will be like, what in me is activated by them? And you guys can write this down. And for me to be a safe service provider, it's important that I sit with that. What in me is activated by them? And so I'll go through and I'll be like, and this is what Natalie said, a shadow is coming up for me. Something I don't own within myself is being projected onto me and I'm feeling an overload in my nervous system. Maybe shame, disgust, frustration and anger that this person is making me feel this way. I would tell this person I need a moment to gather my thoughts and ask if we can revisit this conversation at a later date when my nervous system can handle it and I can think clearly and respond with ease and clarity to make sure my point comes across effectively and we can hold a conversation and make progress. Nailed it, Natalie. So it's that thing. It's like, if you're in the trigger and you're in a conversation, I think it's absolutely appropriate to say, yeah, let's just put a pin in this and I'll come back to you later. In that time, I would do the work. So if it's a shadow, it's like, I would ask myself, like, what is that person displaying that I don't own in myself that creates such an overt reaction in me? Because then it's about me and it's not about them. Right? So then I would own that part and I would notice when I own that part, oh my God, that person doesn't reactivate me, okay? Now it could also be something deeper. It could be like the, it could be that they're activating some part of trauma or it's a story, right? Because remember, just like we create our partners every day, we create our clients. How you see your clients is creative. We need to understand this as coaches, it's like, do you see your clients in their worst or do you see your clients in their best? It's my job to see the highest vision of my clients, even if that pisses them off, which sometimes it does because they're like, oh, I want to be a victim. <laughs> but I can't hold them in that. Because I'm not actually doing them a true service. So I choose and prefer to be disliked than actually doing something that's completely out of integrity for me. So there was one situation where I was triggered by someone because, you know, I'd worked with them for a while and they weren't getting the results that I, Hannah, wanted them to get, okay? Because as, as, as service providers, we can't be attached to our clients' results, them needing to get super fast results because then you're putting pressure on your clients and that's not healthy, Right? So we love our clients as they are. We support them getting something, but we don't judge them for the results that we think they should get or not. But anyway, I was getting really triggered. And this is when I really started business. Um, this is a long time ago. And I realized the reason that this was activating something in me, it's because when mum died, I had a very strong story of I can't save her. I want to save her and I can't save her. So when I got clients that I felt that I couldn't save, right, when I was really in my rescuer days, it would engage into me, it would activate me and I would feel really upset and I would really feel just a huge sense of blame towards them. It was never about them. It was always about me. So if we do have clients or if we have team members or if we have people in our lives, we really have to take our responsibility for our stuff. It's so important. And then we get to create them in the light that we want. So that's the work that we did yesterday. Right? Same with your team members. Do you see every time they get a mistake or do you see them in their brilliance? Because you create them every single day. You create them in every single day. 
Okay. And so what Jennifer said about I'm feeling powerless and I'll ask myself, is my reaction worth risking losing the client? I think that our reactions are never worth risking losing our client. And I don't think that it's anything to shame and blame yourself about. It's just, it's human. It's like something within me has been activated by this person. Instead of blaming this person, I'm going to take responsibility. That's all it is. That's literally all it is. There's nothing more than that. And then there might be people that just activate us and we'll make a conscious choice to not work with them. And that's also fine as well. Like I wouldn't just work with anyone. That's why we've got an application form for the school of IH, right? For the reason that like, it has to be the appropriate person for the space. And I've learned that through getting it wrong. The third thing is you get some really, really bad feedback for your service. It's wildly over the top and shocking and it doesn't hurt you. What's happening beneath the surface and what do you do? And I mean wildly, it's personal, it's calling you names. You read it and your whole body goes, but it doesn't hurt you. It just feels icky. What's happening beneath the surface? Yeah, beautiful, 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 Natalie. I'll give one more minute for another couple of answers. We'll do these last two and then I'll give you guys your homework. Congratulations for making it this far. It's been a lot of information. Yeah, so Natalie's put, I would ignore it because I've realized that I can't please everyone. Very powerful. Natalie, I can tell that you've been in the school for a while. I'm like, yes, my babe is listening. She knows the things. 
She's got it. So let's speak to this. So Natalie's put, you're aware that people hold their own beliefs about you, but you don't let them affect you. You hold healthy boundaries and you know that you're in integrity and that you are certain in who you are, what you do and what you offer to the world. I would ignore it because I've realized I can't please everyone. So what do we know if we go to these laws of projection, right? If someone has given me really, really, really bad, emotionally charged feedback that is extremely incoherent with reality, and they're extremely triggered, and it's not triggering to me, I know that it's theirs. Right. And I'm talking like over the top, like just like you are a selfish, horrible person. I'm like something is happening for them under the surface. Either they've created me in a story like Hannah did this, because this is what happens, guys. Sometimes when you're teaching, you might say something and that thing offends someone. And then that person latches into that because you said something and it offended them. And now they can only see you through those eyes, right? That's why like in the laws of masterminding, like one of them you've got to practice is like, I forgive everyone in my mastermind because sometimes people will do one thing or say one thing and we'll hold on to that. And that can really disrupt the relationship. So if I'm getting very, very triggered feedback and we've only really had this from this one person in the blackmail, right? Um, we actually really don't get much bad feedback at all like we really get extremely minimal but there's a difference between grounded coherent untriggered feedback and extremely triggered extremely incoherent to reality feedback and it's important to know that so what's happening beneath the surface is either they're seeing me through their lens of wounding of story I did something once and it's they thought a story about me and they can only see me through that um if it doesn't trigger me, it's because they're not my shadows that I need to own. You know, what I got in this email with the blackmail were things like, what were the words? It was like, to tell the world the real you, you're not really a healer. I've worked with other healers and they're much better than you. You're like a, you're a scam artist, you're a saleswoman, like all of these things. And I know that that's not like it doesn't move me at all. It's like, there is no fear in my system. There is literally no ounce of fear in my system. That is true. And so if that happened to me, I actually see it as a celebration. I'm like, cool, I've done a lot of work to get this so grounded in myself, right? Now it's very different if you get good feedback, right? And the feedback, or you get slightly bad feedback and it's just slightly bad, the feedback triggers you. Well, if it's triggering you, it's a shadow part. Because if it's triggering you, you're the one having the emotional reaction. Therefore, it's yours. Whoever's feeling the emotional intensity, guys, is the triggered person, and that's the person that's responsible for the projection. Like, that's a rule of thumb. Okay, so that's really important. Let's whip through these two, okay? You get a new client, they adore you, they think you're the best thing since sliced bread, it's slightly over the top, and you notice that they've got low confidence in themselves. What's actually happening? What would you do? And this is as important to talk to as the other things. And I want to talk about this. I'm excited to see what you guys say. I'm going to shut the door a bit.
And I'm intrigued because some of you guys might be like, this is not even a problem. Like, why is Hannah put that there? Why is this a problem? Yeah, this is a difficult one. The ego wants to enjoy the praise, knowing that it might be fake. Perhaps ask the client how getting ahead, how they're getting ahead and see if I can dig deeper. So this is the big thing. Like, it feels good to be pedestaled. It feels good to be seen as superior. It's like, it's human nature. But we know that being pedestaled from shadow work is dangerous because... Yeah, Natalie, they're pedestalling you. Be careful, as this might mean they're not willing to hold themselves accountable during the teachings. They might look at you as their savior. We, as their coach, need to hold them accountable and show them that change can only happen when they take full responsibility for their actions, limiting beliefs and shadows and do all of the things to make the changes they want to happen to be who they know they're capable of being. Yeah, exactly. Natalie, nailed it. This is distributing signs of pedestalling. What is pedal stooling? They're putting their light shadow on you. So what would I do? My next thing would be like bringing awareness to everything good that they see in me exists in them. It's not that I'm special. They're special. It's not that I'm the only one that become wealthy. They can become wealthy. So I would just see it as like, oh, Right, we need to do some work for these people to own the light qualities they see in me to themselves, right? And then, yes, I might be intrigued to see, is, is this, is this going to be like a victim rescuer? And then I would teach self-responsibility. Because this is why in the school that I go on about self-responsibility, I go on about like healing yourself, all of the time, all of the time, all of the time, all of the time. Sandra said they'll be more needy. And here's the thing. It's like, I actually don't have an issue with people being needy. Like I have no issue about it because it's got nothing to do with me, right? It's, it's, it's nothing to do with me if people, it's nothing to do with me how people feel and it is something to do with me to set boundaries. So I've now got to the point that I'm so comfortable to set boundaries. It doesn't matter if people are needy or not needy because the boundary is there. And I have no negative emotion around needing to set boundaries. It's like I can focus on them being needy or I can focus on my power, which is holding boundaries and loving people for where they're at. That's really powerful. It's like, can I love people for where they're at? Can I see the greatness in them? Can I create them every single day in the light of their goals? If you've got clients and they're coming in for manifestation and life transformation, you have to see that potential within them. You have to see the greatness within them. But you can't see the greatness within them so much that they don't have to see it in themselves. People have to take responsibility and see the greatness in themselves as well. And that's why it's important also to pre-qualify and do the do with clients and everything. And sometimes we fall into victim dynamics and it's fine and it's just part of it. And here's the thing, it's like we all fall into victim. I'm sure I've fallen into victim recently at some stage for a little time like we all do so it's not about like that person's a victim that person's a rescuer that but like, we're still in blame right it's always take it home 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 and it's always forgive self forgive self forgive self forgive self forgive self forgive self because if we see this and then we like oh my god i was always in victim blah, 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 and i hate myself and i got this wrong and that doesn't help it's like awareness forgive self change Right. That's why the new truths are like, I forgive myself. We're not just doing that for fun. It's like, if we don't forgive ourselves, we're going to hold on to it and we're going to keep creating from that. So self-forgiveness is very, very transformational. Okay. This is the final one that we'll go through and the rest are ones that you can go through in your own time. Okay. You get a client 
and they keep messaging you, even though you completely and clearly stated that you aren't available via messenger. It's not part of your contract. They go mad when you tell them, calling you all sorts of things like you're just in it for the money. Like I've like I I've had complaints about that. Like you know, I had someone that a long time ago, actually, well, yeah, that wanted to call me all the time. They always wanted to be, and this is the only time it's ever happened to me. And they got very, very upset when I said, just because you're in, you know, it wasn't the school, it was way back when, just because you're a client doesn't mean that, like, you own me. It doesn't mean that you can call me all the time. It doesn't mean that, like, I'm, like, there always, right? So you set a boundary and the boundary isn't respected. What's happening underneath the surface and what would you do? Final one. Okay, beautiful. So Sandra says you're not owning your boundaries. Yeah, I'll wait for one more and I'll start and I'll close this up. I'm aware of the time. So I'm going to start wrapping this up and you guys can share. Oh, here we go. They feel that they can't do it on their own and they're constantly seeking validation, your support to help them. Maybe this is where the self-empowerment piece comes in. And I would teach on this, teaching responsibility for yourself and teaching on boundaries, what healthy boundaries and self-empowerment will bring you. Yeah, so both things. For you, so it's probably we're in a dynamic where there's rescuer and there's victim. And so for you, taking self-responsibility, because it's always about you, it's like when someone has a feeling or thinks someone something negative about me, can I still hold my boundary? Because here's what happens with boundaries is that we hold a boundary and someone gets pissed at the boundary and then we think the boundary is wrong. So we retract and we stop doing what we were doing. And that's not it. Like that's really not it. So we need to know that as we go out of rescuer and we start holding firm boundaries, that there may be people that don't like them. And that is not evidence for the boundaries being wrong. So when we're taking it home, we're looking at the situation, we're like, okay, this person doesn't like this boundary and that's okay. Can I hold the feelings that I feel in my body when someone doesn't like my boundary? Because maybe the feelings are shame, maybe the feelings are failure, maybe the feelings are fear, right? Can I hold those feelings? Because if you can't hold those feelings, right, you would let someone manipulate your behavior. You might go back and say, oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah, you can call me whenever you want. So that's the first thing, taking it home. It's like, can I hold the feelings that are there when there are disagreements? Because disagreements aren't wrong or bad. They're part of relationships, right? And the reason that we don't like them is because they're uncomfortable emotions. But if we can feel those emotions, there's nothing to be scared of. That's the first thing. Yes. The second thing is then what's happening underneath the surface? Maybe they they don't feel empowered in themselves. So maybe it's a conversation about self-responsibility. Maybe it's an education piece, right? And you can step up and you can educate, or maybe it's an unaligned agreement, just like Jennifer said. Oh no, she said, yes, and this is absolutely something you can do. You can go through contract again. But that's the level of firmness, right? And this is the level of like being a challenger, not a perpetrator. Can you be firm and assert it and not be punishing to the other person just because they're mad at you? It's like an art. Can I not be punishing as I hold my, my boundary, even if this person's there? 
And then it might be the stage where the reaction is so great, we actually have to close the contract and say, you know, like firm this, I don't allow this in my space. Lovingly, but I don't allow this in my space. Lovingly, but I don't allow this in my space. So when we're in these situations, it's really, can I be the challenger? Can I be the healthy masculine leader as such? Can I hold these things without needing to make other people small and to make myself powerful? So there's a lot here for you guys to think about. There's a lot here for you guys to play with. If you guys want, you know, you've got everyone within the school, you've got everyone within love and money, and you can reach out to each other. You can create situations. You can apply what we've learned. I've got a whole other list here that you guys can go through, right? You used to love your coach. Now you're hyper triggered by them. You can only see what they do wrong. You no longer want to come to classes. What's actually happening? What would you do? You're hyper triggered by someone in the mastermind, right? What's happening beneath the surface? What would you do? Again, when we love someone, we're hyper triggered by them. The chances are they're showing a shadow or they might have said something that you've like plugged into and you can't let go. And there's a piece of forgiveness there because then you're only seeing them through eyes of rage. Remember, we're responsible for the eyes that we see people through. You get really reasonable feedback about your service. It hurts, right? What's that telling us? It's true. It's okay. If you get feedback and it's negative and it's true, okay. We can deal with it then. You know, you can make a lot of money from negative feedback because the consumer will see things that you didn't see and then you can improve your service and that's amazing, right? We've got a team piece here. Someone in your team keeps missing deadlines, Every time they miss a deadline, they've got a trillion excuses under the sun. That person's not being accountable for their actions. They're blaming something else instead of themselves. How would you hold that as a leader? How do you navigate that as a leader? You've got to show up as that challenger. It might be a conversation about firmness and boundaries. It might be letting someone go. Again, how can we be firm? How can we be clear in our communication? but not punishing. You've got a client and all they do is they tell you they can't do it. They don't apply anything in the course and at the end they blame the course for their results. What's happening beneath the surface? What would you do? These are things that I want you guys to explore. And there's many more situations and circumstances, but when we understand the unconscious dynamics, we're almost more prepared to deal with life. When we can identify projection, when we can identify shadow, when we can identify unconscious bias, when we can identify all of these things, it's like suddenly we've got clarity, we've got a roadmap to relationships, which we didn't have before because we're not taught this. You've got a homework. And I've put here, thick skin, open heart. (laughs) Thick skin, open heart. You've got homework here. Again, I'm not going to ask you to share all of this because it's private, but I want you to identify three pieces in your life that you're in the drama triangle, in real life or in your mind. Identify the role that you're playing. Think about how you can step out, right? Can you see that all of the work around relationships is more around contemplation, reflection? This is not work that we have to rush. Identify three people that trigger you, list the qualities that trigger you, spend some time owning these qualities and then see how you feel about these people. This is what I'd really like you guys to do with the work from today. And that's identify one or more difficult conversation that you need to have in your life. And be honest with yourself, you know, what was actually happening under the surface for you? After you look at that, you might be like, oh, it was just mine. I don't need to have the conversation at all. Or it might be that it's actually time to have that uncomfortable conversation that you've maybe been putting off. Consciously have it without falling into drama triangles, without falling into projection, even if it's messy, right? We start band-aid by band-aid by band-aid. Then share your breakthroughs and aha moments on the homework thread. It'd be great if we can get all those homeworks in by the end of the week so we can kind of look at them. I think we'll do a bonus session on Monday. I need to talk to the team and decide and we can go through questions that you guys may have. So if you guys want to do your homework and get questions answered, it'd be a good time to get them done this week so I can answer those questions on Monday. I hope you guys have taken some really big, powerful things. Some of you guys would have got this deeply. Some of you guys would have got bits of this and not everything. Like I said, this is not a race, right? 
This is not a race. You guys go through this at your own rhythm. Go through this at your own time. Listen to this multiple times. We're going to have this on Customer Hub soon. You're going to have this full three and a half hour workshop on the Facebook group. Um, I'm going to record the first part of yesterday's now. So you'll have that by the end of this evening. And I'm excited for you guys to share what's come through for you. You can share in my DMs. You can share in Tamsin's DMs. We love to hear from you. And I will see you all at 3 p.m. tomorrow. Bye, everyone. You're so welcome. You're so welcome. You're welcome, you're welcome, you're welcome, everybody.